welcome to the Proper Mental Podcast. Normalising open and honest conversations about mental health by having open and honest conversations about mental health. Welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Proper Mental Podcast. It's the Christmas episode. You might remember I did this last year, but I try and mark Christmas in some way because it's the season that not everybody enjoys for a lot of different reasons. And I wanted to put something out at Christmas that might give someone a little lift if they needed one. You know, even if it's just for five minutes, because I think we all know that sometimes just five minutes can make all the difference, right? So I used my email address book and I sent an email out to just a bunch of different people. I picked them completely at random. I just put some letters in and clicked on the email addresses and sent them out into the world. It's a mixture of advocates and campaigners and authors and speakers and podcasters and all sorts of people that I've met over the last couple of years since doing Proper Mental. And I asked them to record me a voice note on their phone and it could be anything that they wanted. It could be advice, it could be an anecdote, it could be some supportive words or some useful ideas or just something that would be useful for someone to hear over the Christmas period if they're not having a great time. And then I've taken all these voice notes and I've just put them back to back in an episode. There's some incredible people involved. I'm not going to make a big deal about who they are. They are listed in the episode notes if you're curious. I love the idea that it doesn't really matter. It's like a a lovely caring message from a stranger. You might recognise some of the voices, you might not and there's something lovely about that too. And I think the fact that I just sent a load of people emails and asked them to send me something, essentially leaving messages for a stranger and they all said yes and they all took the time to do it. That to me is a sign that you are not alone and to me that's the true spirit of Christmas really. A huge thank you to everyone involved in this episode and a huge thank you to you for listening. There are so many support services that stay open at this time of year. Please reach out if you need to. Please talk to someone if you need to. There's links in the episode notes to all different types of organisations. I always like to start with the Hub of Hope. You can head straight to the website you can download the app if you want to and they can signpost you to services available in your local area there's also a link to red january if you're looking to take some positive action and do something that's good for your mental health in the new year and before we get into it all that's left really is just to wish you a merry christmas in whatever shape or form that needs to take for you and i want to wish you all the best for the new year thank you very much for listening enjoy Eddie Temple Morris here from Virgin Radio and uh, and other stuff. And how apt that as I sit and talk to you, I'm watching my girlfriend put up the Christmas tree, and my mind is being flooded with memories of what an absolute nightmare Christmas has been <laughs> for many many years. Um, I basically had uh, my so my Christmas story really revolves around the fact that uh, my father was an, an abusive alcoholic, especially towards me. And um, Christmas time was, uh, you know, a time where, you know, you you can hear baubles bouncing Sorry. in the background. <laughs> it, it makes it it makes it extra special. Uh, you know, after he'd had a few, he would always get extra. 
uh, judgmental and extra aggressive and, um, you know, all of the the old, oh, you know, Edward, you're an idiot, you're, uh, you're ignorant because you don't uh, engage with the news, you don't read enough books, you don't uh, engage with politics, so you're an idiot, uh, you're a terrible father because you communicate with your son and all of these things that I had uh, my, my entire adult life. So, yeah, Christmas was, uh, was a pretty horrible and abusive time and... Uh, the way that I, well, when it got really, really bad, when I got really, uh, when I went through my kind of suicidal phase, the way that I got through that particular Christmas, there was one particular really bad Christmas where my dad just absolutely laid into me and said, you know, your job should be a hobby and you're a nothing and you're a nobody and you're a failure and a disappointment and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I... I got through it actually by running. I'm not a natural runner. Um, my it hurts my knee, but I, I, I did a gentle kind of jog. I, 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 my my parents lived in uh, in Wales, just over the border and very near a in a country scenario. And I it was very easy for me to get out and just kind of climb a hill and run along the top of this ridge. And it was very inspiring. And of course, exercise gives you uh, a chemical boost of endorphins and dopamine and all kinds of good things. And I and I got through that particular Christmas lunch just on the sort of high of uh, of those dopamine chemicals. And I and I chose not to drink actually that year because obviously alcohol is a depressive, and if you're really really struggling, then alcohol is never going to help you. You know, but, but a glass a glass and a half of prosecco will make anyone smile, but beyond that, it's it's going to be a bad thing. Um, so yeah, exercise is a really good uh, coping mechanism. Um, also, some other things that I would uh, that I would advice uh is treat yourself be kind to yourself i always every year buy myself a christmas present in and in skint years it's been something really small and in years where i've uh done better it's been you know i I can splash out maybe buy myself a little holiday or something but you know uh horses for courses um treat yourself give yourself something nice you know from from a pair of socks to a whatever, to a car, whatever you can afford. Um, And also, you know, it is the time of giving. And if you, and and giving does definitely makes you feel good. Giving is, is, I heard somebody say that is a selfish thing insofar as it makes you feel incredibly good. It rebounds. And if you feel as though you don't have anyone to give to or that you want to give to, um, I'll tell you the story of uh, Peter, this is a habit that I do every year now. Um, so Peter was this is this uh, lovely homeless guy that I would talk to on my way into work. Um, in a, a, a years of quite a few years ago, I don't see him anymore because I don't go that way to work. But I always used to talk to him and you know ask him how he was and you know give him any change that I had and stuff. And and then that year I just thought, oh, you know, wouldn't it be nice to like. I just imagine poor old Peter, like, at Christmas, not being able to afford, like, you know, just a few creature comforts and stuff. So I went to a supermarket and I bought a card and I just put, like, 30 quid or 40 quid or 50 quid, I can't remember, on this card. And and I just gave him the card so he could... So just in case, you know, you, you, like... 
I wanted him to get creature comforts for Christmas. I didn't want him to like, I I, I don't think he was a drug addict, but do you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, it's kind of, uh, you, you just want to kind of, uh, I don't know, you feel as though you, you want them to spend it on creature comforts and, and for that creature comfort to not be heroin or <laughs> methamphetamine. Um, so, you know, giving giving something to a random stranger like that is a really lovely thing to do. And it makes you feel incredibly good. Um, I still think about him. And I and every year I sort of pick a Peter. I, I, I pick somebody who I see on my way into work regularly and who I... I have a relationship with insofar as I will say good morning. Like there's this Rasta guy who sits outside near St Thomas's Hospital, not St Thomas's, Guy's Hospital by London Bridge. And this year I'm going to give him something. And uh, he's just a really sweet guy. He always He's always saying good morning to people and always saying to me, I'm always on a bike, bicycle and he always says, you know, take care on that thing. Yeah, which is just a really nice thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise him with like a a, a loaded card for a supermarket. Um, if you are have been in this situation with me where going home for Christmas is not an option, or because you have a dysfunctional family or sort of toxic family relationship, then um, there's a couple of things that I would recommend. One is one is if you have the money or the means to do so, uh, is quite simply fuck off somewhere hot <laughs> that's really nice to just go I've spent a few Christmases um you know obviously you know I'd have to have had a good year but like go somewhere like Thailand or go to wherever you can like that's that's um that's lovely and warm and that you can sort of get away and get away from that whole kind of Christmas thing and get away from your family or and, and whatever you're getting away from that's a that's a really lovely thing um get some some vitamin um what's vitamin is it vitamin d someone um and the other one which is if you're more on a budget and you and you if you have to spend christmas alone um you know it's that's that's incredibly depressing can be really depressing some people really like being alone but i me you know rampant adhd i like people i like having people around i was like you know i like giving to people and stuff and so I would recommend this. I call it. I call it a waifs and strays Christmas. So if you find yourself al- alone, um, and this is a, a positive way that you can use social media, Facebook or what have you, to find out who else is alone at Christmas, and just invite a bunch of people who are all alone at Christmas, and who maybe don't want to be, or maybe it would be better for them not to be, and then get each one of them to like you plan it and get each one of them to bring a dish you know somebody does brings sprout somebody brings spuds or you know no you do this but somebody brings you know what pudding whatever like and you so you don't have to kind of have the 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 stress and the financial strain of coming up with christmas dinner for you know a bunch of people everybody brings a dish they pile around yours everybody brings a bottle um if that's the kind of thing you want to do and you just have a nice christmas together with um, a bunch of people who would have been alone and that's a a really lovely thing to do um finally like my best tip really for now i i'm in a situation where my dad's dead i reclaimed christmas i get to see my family now and it's great like it's much much better obviously there are still ghosts and memories there but um the way that i really uh get through it um in the best 
way is uh, is actually getting out. Uh, it, it's so inspiring, you know, on a cold, crisp winter morning or afternoon, getting outside. You know, if you're in London, if you're in a city, I mean, try and get out, get to a park, um, get to a canal, to a river, to a lake, you know, get somewhere to a wood, somewhere where you can really be in awe of nature. Even in the winter, you know, with the trees stripped back and stuff, it, there are still evergreens and you, you get to see things that you don't normally see. You get to see views because the, the canopy of, of, of deciduous trees isn't there anymore. And you get to appreciate woods in a different way. They're still beautiful when they're naked. So get out, get some exercise. The awe of nature is proven to send biochemical signals to your body to heal itself and to make you less depressed. Um, and not just the awe of nature, but the exercise, the walking also um, makes uh, you release dopamine. And, you know, that's, that's, that's a really good thing. So, um, you know, if you can, I'd, I say lean into it now. You know, I used to avoid Christmas. Now I, I, I lean into it. I'm enjoying, I'm watching tinsel go up all over the flat right now. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's looking great. I'm smiling. You know, everything's glistening. And, uh, and, and I, I kind of look forward to it. And I lean into it and, uh, and I make sure that I, that I get out. And um, that's it. I hope you, I hope you have a, I hope you have a safe and a, a giving and a, uh, a Christmas with as much love in it as you can possibly get. Uh, oh, and also, I've got, I've got a film tip for you, which is if you've got Netflix. Hang on, though, is it on Netflix? Oh, damn it, it might be on Sky. There's this, find this film called Riders of Justice. It's a Danish film with Mads Mikkelsen in it. And it's, it, it, this is for you, only this is for you if you like dark comedy, like In Bruges. You know, if In Bruges was a Christmas film, it would be this film. If you just, if you want Elf or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, in fact, in fact, that's my other tip. Every single year I watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and or Elf. Every single year, like without fail. Those are my two complete go-tos. But I discovered Riders of Justice. It's a very dark Christmas film. So, you know, if you want light and, um, you know, Elf and uh, Lampoon's Christmas Vacation vibes, do not watch it. Um, but if you, if you appreciate films like In Bruges, then that would be my gift to you. That's my little present for you for Under the Tree. And uh, uh, see it, laugh and... Um, uh, have it with my love. Have a very Merry Christmas and uh, and a lovely new calendar. New Year is in March. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone at Proper Mental. This is Natasha Devon. And as you can probably hear, I am outside right now. You might be able to hear birds singing and I'm next to a stream. So there's water running. And something that I have learned about myself on my mental health journey and managing an anxiety disorder is that exercise for me is not an optional extra. It's not something to tag on to the end of my schedule if I have time. It's something that I need to ring fence and plan everything else around because when I stop exercising, 
yeah, and I don't always go out for a run. Sometimes it's just yoga that is more like stretching, if I'm honest. But if I don't make time for movement every day, then I start to really struggle with my ability to manage my levels of anxiety. Um, something that I will say about running in winter, um, the hardest part is getting yourself out the door because you're all warm and cozy inside, hopefully. And then you look out and you think, oh, it's dark, it's miserable. So I often find that I have to bargain with myself a little bit and that I have to say, okay, we're just going to get our trainers on. We're just going to go to the door. We're just going to walk for a bit. And then once you're outside, you actually want to start running because it's a really good way to keep warm. And that's how I make myself do it. And when I've done it, I'm always really glad that I have. Plus, in the run up to Christmas, people have twinkly lights on inside and you can look in their houses and be a bit nosy, which is an added bonus. Um, so I really hope that that tip was useful to you. I want to wish everyone happy Christmas, Hanukkah, uh, whatever it is that you are celebrating at this time of year. I hope that you have um, a great festive season. Lots of love. Hello there, this is James Withy. So as Christmas is approaching, it can feel like a really scary time for a lot of us. You know, you might be spending Christmas by yourself or you might be with relatives, you know, that you might have had difficulties with or you don't get on with too well. And you're thinking, how am I going to get through this this period? And obviously we're all supposed to be happy and jolly, but, you know, that's not the reality. It's a time of year that's incredibly emotive. One of the things that I've learned along the way is that if I'm going to have a difficult Christmas or I think I might have a difficult Christmas, is to break down the day into really, really small chunks. So it could be that you take things half an hour at a time or even a minute by minute or even second by second. And then it just becomes much more manageable because you can say to yourself, okay, well, I got through this minute. That means I can get through the next minute and I can get through the next minute. And it just makes the whole day much, much easier to manage. But I really hope you manage to have a really lovely day. Wicked. So, uh... What does Christmas normally look like in your house, Stu? Um, it's a busy affair. Mm -hmm. um, we normally have about 26 people. Uh, I don't even know 26 people. 26 people on Christmas Day? Yeah, we kind of extend it to sort of extended family. Um, and the rest of your street. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, but one of the things that I struggle with is, as you know, I'm a nightclub manager. And so I have to work Christmas Eve. And I also mm. have this year, the way it falls, I have to work the Friday night before. So that's two really late nights. And at, and at my age, I struggle the next day now. And so mm. I'm going to have two on the bands and then Christmas morning, have to get up and do presents with the kids and then get set for like lunch like, you know, full Christmas dinner and then evening meal, like, with 26 people in my house. So uh, it's it's testing, but um, it's, 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 once I'm pissed, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I was trying to dress that up in a different way, but I think it is ultimately once I've, I've, I've had enough to drink, then... Uh, I can kind of just get through it and, and park up the tiredness. But it's, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I have a family and mm. and I'm lucky that, you know, to have friends and family that, that like to come together at that time of year. Personally, 
I'd rather I could quite easily have quiet Christmases and not have to entertain. Um, but because so many of the people that will be there are not necessarily immediate family, I think it's um, quite draining. You feel like you have to make more of an effort. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And and I'm not a fan of of like Christmas do's, like. Um, like the idea of like a couple of times when I've not worked for myself in the past and, and worked for like companies and like and, and had Christmas like that feel absolutely fills me with anxiety. The thought of going to a work Christmas do. Mm. I don't like the idea of being thrust into a situation with people that it sounds really horrible, but a lot of like people that you work with that you probably see more than your family every day, mm. you don't choose to be around them. You know, it's a work environment. And then to them get sort of thrust into a different environment with them where it feels like sort of forced fun. You have to, I sound miserably, don't I? But but you have to kind of, oh, it's a Christmas do. Let's get really pissed and let's have the Mm. best time ever. Um, I'm just not into that. And I really struggle with that. And I don't like standing, for somebody that runs nightclubs, I don't like standing around making small talk with people in noisy venues. I'd much rather just sit. You've done it for thirty years. Like I'd rather just sit at a, you know, in a pub or or, or around someone's house, just you know, have a glass of wine, just having a chat and engaging mm. and and having a conversation that's that that I want to have rather than I feel yeah. like I have to have. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So is that why you turned down the invitation for our Christmas party? No, I'm joking. Um, Oh mate, yeah. I've not even been invited. Lovely. Um, <laughs> so, what's what's Christmas like at at, at yours, Kirst? Um, so Christmas at ours is it, it it hasn't really changed a lot over the past few years. So, um, so obviously, Paul, my partner, my ex partner, and I obviously split about a year ago, um, but we still share Christmases together. And I get my family round, and we tend to all have Christmas dinner together. Um, there will be an element of me freaking out about trying to cook so many different things at so many different temperatures and I haven't got enough room in the oven and I'm a bit of a flapper. I don't know if you've noticed this about me, Stu, but yeah, I'm a bit of a flapper. Um, so I tend to have a bit, a bit of a meltdown around about four o'clock and then mum will hand me a glass of Prosecco and then I'll get all giggly and giddy and then it'll all be fine. Four o'clock? About four o'clock, yeah. Jesus. Is that early doors or is that late? No, I'm cracking on about half eleven. Yeah, nah. I'm no, literally, no, no, I'm no, literally no. having a, like a, a beer with me selection box. <laughs> Maybe that's where I'm going wrong. <laughs> that's where I'm going wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is, you know. And then we go around to my aunt's in the evening, and she has like a nice big buffet, and I've got my cousins around there, and kind of more extended family. And there's a lot of. You know, it is a big social event. Obviously, it's a big social day. Um, you know, like you've said, you know, lots of talking. Obviously, a day full of kind of, you know, being people facing. And lots of travelling around as well. Um, and I'm really mindful that I don't want it to sound like I'm whinging or that I'm being ungrateful because I know that there'll be people listening to this who might not have family or don't have anyone to go to yeah. for Christmas dinner, or won't have anyone to come round to them for Christmas dinner. Some people might absolutely love that, and I doff my bubble hat to them. Um, and some people would rather be 
you know, part of a, a family or just just to have some company at Christmas and they don't have that. So I think like having having Nancy and she's six, you know, it does change how Christmas is. You know, it does all become about the kids. But I am I am a I am a bit of a big kid. Like I'm still I'm 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 still hanging on to the whole Father Christmas thing. I'm, I'm not. I'm not happy. We'll have to a give chat that. about that afterwards. <laughs> I'm not happy to give that up yet. Um, and it's. I, I love. I love all of the build up about it. I love all the Christmas songs that are in the shops and on the radio, and all of the Christmas food and all of the Christmas presents and everything is just Christmas, Christmas. And then it kind of gets to the day, and it's. I don't know. It just like the, you know the cooking the Christmas dinner takes so long. And it's done. You've eaten it within about twenty minutes, and you think, "Jesus, that took about three hours to do." I wonder, or am I doing it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just something that you said there, Kirst, like the the Christmas songs and you know the endless adverts and of all of these big corporations thrusting, you know, this ideal Christmas at you. I think as you get older, the, the cynic in you, you know you start to see behind the curtain and there's you know it, it will be lovely I think when my kids were younger it, it was more magical because they were believers and stuff like that and it's it's really nice but I like I, I cringe when I see somebody say oh have you seen the new John Lewis advert um and for me I just think well John Lewis have probably spent. Oh yeah, you had the ump with this, didn't you? Yeah, I did. spent mm. millions on, you know, this twee, perfect Christmas that doesn't exist. And and I think you know what I think if John Lewis made an advert that just went, "We're John Lewis this year," all of our money that we put into the production of our branding and our Christmas advertising campaign yeah. we will be giving to shelter or we will be giving to this charity. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think people would... And just with like a black and white kind of really simple background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that the, that would that would be the best marketing campaign they could ever do. And Definitely. People would, but it's so strange when you see that Coca-Cola lorry coming around the corner that, that it just gives you this sense of like excitement for Christmas and you just think, I sound really cynical, don't I? But a lot, I find it really, certainly the fact that, you know, the, the UK is in such a shithole pit at the moment of, of financial worries of an uncertainty about whether we can, you know, we're recording this today where they say the temperature is going to be minus five this evening. And I wonder how many people are going to have to compromise staying warm by putting their heating on because they can't afford to put their heating on. Uh, and the thought that these people may be wrapped up under countless amounts of blankets with their family, freezing cold, watching a John Lewis advert with this roaring fire in the background and this, you know, mm. super expensive decorated house and, and you know, dinner table... I just think it's like, I know we all need escapism and we all need to kind of, you know, find the, the little bits of joy where we can, but I don't necessarily think them things come from the, the idealistic 
approach of these big brands that thrust it upon mm -hmm. you. I don't think that's, you know, it, it's the same when, you know, you talk about the influence of, you know, what you see on social media is always a, a very skewed Idealized, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, no one ever puts the real stuff on there because it's <clears throat> you know, that doesn't that people don't want to be perceived as that. They want the best, you know, version of themselves. And I think that's what we get with, you know, this this kind of Christmas branding and and stuff. And I think if you're lonely and you feel really lonely, and you've not got anybody to share that with, then I think like watching stuff like that, this constant. Mm you know perfect life thrust upon you must be so damaging and so upsetting and mm. if that was me i sound a bit flippant but genuinely if that was me if, if i was in a completely different situation touch wood there go by the grace of god there by the grace of god go i that's it um if that was me every advert like that i'd just be fuck off I'm, I'm, I'm clicking an imaginary remote control for people that can't see me and just change it onto something else. Fuck off, get lost, hey, no, nah, bollocks, that's bullshit. Um, yeah, I, th I, think, I think there needs to be some more accurate representation of what a British Christmas day looks like. Mm. And I wonder who's going to be brave enough to do that. All right, so, Kirst, so if you wake up on Christmas day... Uh, and it all seems quite overwhelming, mm. you know, and put yourself in the position of somebody that's really struggling with it. Um, and you've got to put your face on and go and be happy-go-lucky Christmas Day person around the family. Before you leave to do that, is there any sort of tips or advice you'd say to people that they, they, these, you know, these things may help get you through the day and I don't just mean a bottle of rum like... I just wanted to say that but we, we we know in the long term that doesn't help don't we um yeah I think you know if 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 you're in a position where you can be open and honest with your family that you are struggling then you know of course speak to them and say you know they, they should be aware that Christmas day will be a troubling time for you anyway if you're finding it all a bit overwhelming um and if not if you don't feel that you're able to speak to your family honestly about how you're feeling or you don't feel that, you know, obviously if you haven't told them and you don't feel that Christmas Day is the right day to tell them, um, just try and get through it. Maybe, oh, do you know what? I've done it myself. Feign a headache, you know, and maybe tell them, you know, that's why you're a little bit quiet. You know, I've got a headache. I've taken all the pills, you know, because if they're trying to offer you more pills, you'll be like, no, no, I'm all right. And just sit and be quiet have your dinner and then kind of make your excuses as quickly as you can and get yourself home. Um, but do go out, you know, it's, it's so much easier just to kind of stay in and not socialize and kind of keep the familiar. But if you can go out, even just so you can look forward to coming back again, just talking from my own self, you know, my own experience that really, really will help. And if you haven't got anywhere to go to during the day, just go out for a walk. That's something else about Christmas Day. Just going, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Love that. See, I love that. And I do that every year. Mm. I have a walk Christmas morning. And it's quite nice. I just take my dog out. And you generally see, you know, kind of uh, exhausted dads running along holding push bikes with kids on. And and it's, it's really nice. And, you know, you, you're seeing 
the joy on the kids' faces and, and, and stuff, which is always really, you know, a, a lovely thing to see. And you do get, it feels that on Christmas Day, you get that sort of day where everybody sort of parks up that sort of frostiness that you get when you walk along the streets in the UK. And yeah, you have people... to say good morning. You have to say Merry Christmas. Otherwise, yeah. you're just a chump. Yeah, so there's an element of goodwill. So I would, you know, I would definitely suggest a nice walk. And if you don't want to engage or feel up to engage, well, put your headphones on because that's always a really good way to to not have to engage. You can just give a little yeah. nod. And uh, but uh, but yeah, I do think you know start start the day with a uh, a walk, big pint of water. That's always good. Get some water in you. Mm. And, uh, and then, yeah. do, do anything that you need to get through it. It is. It is just one day. It's all of this hoopla just another for one day. day. And I know, obviously, you've got Boxing Day, but Boxing Day just tends to be, you know, eating your body weight in in camembert and selection boxes. Well, that's what I do. Yeah. Um, and then it's done. And then it's done. And then you've got that weird period between Christmas and New Year's. So, yeah, I guess for anyone listening, it is just one day, maybe Boxing Day as well. But kind of you, you can you can stay in bed Boxing Day, can't you? Can you stay in bed Boxing Day? Definitely. Yeah. Stick, stay in bed. Or at least stay in your pyjamas. I don't I don't leave my pyjamas on Boxing Day. Right. Um, don't even have a shower. Might brush my teeth, possibly. Right. Don't know. I know. Um, but yeah, just kind of rule out Boxing Day. And Christmas, just do whatever you need to get through the day, but just be kind to yourself. And if you're feeling wanky and it's not enjoyable and don't feel guilty, just just it is what it is. Just Just get through it. Absolutely. And you mentioned something um, that, that you see somewhere about treat yourself and, and mm. just the slightest little thing on, you know, if you're sitting there and you're on your own and you've got a couple of quid floating about and you go on Amazon and just have a little look about. And even if it's just like you said, the, the person you mentioned sort of said buy a pair of socks. Yeah. But just treat yourself to something nice. I think that's lovely. I love the idea of that. Mm. Um, just a little hit of what do they call it uh, dopamine yeah that one like yeah treat yourself I think that's really good and uh, yeah and obviously uh, the, the support services the Samaritans and stuff will all be I'm, I'm sure very very active over this time of the year because it is a tough time for, for everyone and uh, and yeah um, head over to the, the the reach out socials because um, we've posted uh, various articles uh, about coping strategies over this time of the year. So go over to the the reach out Facebook page and, and have a look there because you'll find uh, lots of little pointers of to little tips and and, and and tricks to to navigate through what is essentially just a couple of days, but the enormity that the media thrusts upon it makes it feel so much more of a big deal than yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the pressure is just insane. So, yeah, Merry Christmas to all. Take care of yourselves. And, um, yeah, have have a, have a healthy and happy new year. Yes, absolutely. This time of year is overwhelming. It is full of picture-perfect Instagram posts of sparkly trees and dogs with reindeer hats on and Oh, everyone's children looking gleeful and perfect and just a reminder that none of it is real and I find myself falling into this dark 
rabbit hole sometimes on social media of thinking, oh God, why isn't my Christmas life like that? But I have to remind myself, it's not real. And this time of year is whatever works for you. Whatever makes you feel good. If you don't want to do decorations, don't do decorations. Zero pressure. If you don't want to do twinkly lights all over your house, because let's face it, it's all expensive as well, then don't do it. Don't do a thing if you don't want to. I know we all get caught up in the pressure of it all. But just be you. Do you. Remember to keep breathing. Remember you are not alone. It's okay if you're not finding this time of year exactly, you know, twinkly and rosy. Lots of us aren't. And we all have moments, hours, days, even of not feeling so great. And that is totally okay. But just remember to give yourself a hug. I know it sounds ridiculous, but honestly, it does help. Tell yourself you love yourself in the mirror if you want to. Again, you might feel a bit of a dick, but it is, you know, you're worth it. And it's worth it because it, it helps me, even though I feel I feel a bit silly. But you're wonderful just as you are and whatever you do is right for you. Lots of love. Hi, my name is Gavin. I'm the co-founder and co-CEO of Talk Club. And this is a Christmas message for all the proper mental podcast listeners. Um, and it's Christmas time and Christmas can be a tough time for some. Uh, it provokes, I would say, a lot of loss for me as well at times. Uh, it reminds me of missing my own father who died 14 years ago now. And every Christmas I feel that loss, I feel that pain, and I remember him. Um, it's good to spend time with family, but I do think of him at Christmas. And, um, and so, yeah, it's a time to just sort of think of those that aren't there. And but love the ones that are still there too. So I hope whatever you do, I hope you have a good Christmas and a good break, more importantly, from all the chaos <laughs> and uh, mayhem in the world at the moment and have to find some time to just sort of reflect on some of the good that's happened this year. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. I'm Chris. And I'm not about to give you a shopping list of things that probably won't make you feel any better over the festering period. I know that if I tell you to get outside, treat yourself, love yourself, or reach out, I'm doing that to make me feel better. If some fictional you has a sudden improvement in your mental health because of my sage words, then I'll have a great Christmas. Thanks. If you're struggling just now, then my message isn't really for you. It's for everyone. We all know some uh, people who struggle at this time of year, and at other times too. We hear and read messages that cascade across all of our media platforms, whether it's the, the BBC Action Line, Samaritans, or, or whoever. We know it's good to talk. It's, it's great to reach out. Thank God some other fucker's doing it. I'm way too busy. In your heart of hearts, you know that your friend and or family member who's struggling is about as likely to reach out for help as I am to score a hat-trick for Scotland as we win the World Cup, but you leave that massive responsibility with them. 
You know that over the years they've become they've they've come to believe the rhetoric that they're somehow a burden. And the last thing they want to do is bother you with their anguish, their inner turmoil and crushing loneliness, especially at this time of year. You know services have been cut back and cut back. You know that when you told them in September it's good to talk, you really know you're absolving yourself of any responsibility. Surely if things got really bad, somebody would. When you know in reality, they often wouldn't. You might give them a call. You'll say, how are you? They'll say, fine, mustn't grumble. As you do, the, as you do your best to conceal your sigh of relief, a voice in your head will say, Thank fuck for that. You'll gradually wind up the phone call. Not too quickly. You don't want to appear too obvious. You've done your bit. As you congratulate yourself, playing a, a weird mixture of the nativity meets pudsy bear in your mind, you know you haven't. You can do better. And here's how. OK, before I go on, I appreciate there are a zillion of us who are incredibly stretched in all kinds of ways, especially, especially at this time of year. Don't give what you don't have. But if you do have the space, prepare. If you're going to call someone, give yourself and them space. Go somewhere where you won't be interrupted for at least half an hour. Do not have any other <laughs> distractions, interruptions. I, I've been on the wrong end of these phone calls and I know when someone's got 12 tabs open, watching a cat video or enjoying the final stages of Die Hard 23. It is a Christmas movie and it's fucking awful. Remind yourself why this person's in your life. Think of your shared history. If you start the call with the belief the conversation will be burdensome, then it will be. This may sound obvious, but if you're going to give someone your time, give them your time. When, you, when they say, I'm fine, as they invariably will, ask again. Say, nice try, but really, how are you doing? Make it clear to them that you ha they have your exclusive time and attention for that half an hour. Listen. Don't fill silences with stuffing. You know exactly what I mean by that. Tell the person what they mean to you. If you love them, tell them. It might be arse-clenchingly uncomfortable, but in my experience, that does a lot more good than harm. Acknowledge pain. Don't throw random solutions at them, especially since there's a strong likelihood that you're doing that to make yourself feel better. Prepare for the next time you'll speak and honour that. Treat it like a solemn vow not to be broken, even if you suddenly find out the time clashes with the unmissable something or other. If you have to change the time, let them know as soon as you can. If you truly want to and can be there for someone, give them specific times and dates when you're available. Let's talk in the new year often means sometime around June. These are remarkably difficult times and Christmas can often amplify people's problems. You might think you have little to offer, but in a world where services have been pared back to the bone, you are way better than nothing. Trust me, I've been on both sides of this. Have a lovely Christmas. Hello, it's Amy from the Mum and Mama podcast. Um, I think the one thing that I always find very comforting when I'm going through a bad time is the saying that the storm always runs out of rain. Um, 
Because it's true, no matter what is happening, life is always changing, whether it's for the better or for the worse. Nothing lasts forever. So if you are feeling really bad and things are going wrong, then they do have the ability to change as it happens when everything's going great and then something comes along and puts a stop to it. So I always cling to that whenever I'm going through it or feeling a bit shitty, that I just know that it won't last forever. Um, so I hope you find that some comfort if I know it's a hard time of year, but it will end and things can get better. So I hope they do. I hope you have a lovely Christmas, whatever you're doing. Hello, just wanted to wish everybody listening to this a very happy Christmas. And I think the key thing here is that a happy Christmas can mean very different things to everybody. Um, Christmas can be a time of magical joy for many people, but it can also be a time of significant sadness for a lot of people as well. And I think that that coupled with the sense of pressure and obligation that people feel to enjoy Christmas can place a real burden on a lot of people. And I think it can sometimes be a really difficult time to get through. So for everybody who's looking forward to Christmas, I'd say enjoy it make the most of it, make it whatever you want it to be. For everybody who's not looking forward to Christmas, the only way out is through. It can be whatever you want it to be as well. So John here from the Speakers Collective. Nothing, a massive thank you, Tom, day, for like creating the Proper Mental Podcast, bringing so However many voices together. For anyone to listening, do something nice it. for yourself this festive season. And if you're looking for a challenge um, in January, search Red January and join the I Like To Move It team. And maybe Tommy will put a link to that in the bio. Much love, everyone. So I found something that really helps me over the Christmas period is to make sure that I'm setting really clear boundaries. Because one of the hardest things about Christmas, particularly if Christmas is a hard time for you, is that there's so much expectation and it's all from other people. There's all this pressure to to eat the food, to spend the money, to attend the night out, to do the thing. And if you're not having a great time, it's all that stuff that you don't want to do. Now, setting boundaries can be quite hard. I'm a natural people pleaser. I want everything to be okay. I want everybody to like me. I want everything to be perfect. And I used to really struggle with my boundaries. And that's because I didn't really understand what having strong boundaries meant. So I always used to use boundaries to kind of stop me doing the stuff, right? So I put boundaries in place because I thought that would stop me having to go to the party or go to the event or joining in with the thing that I didn't feel comfortable joining in with. But all that did was really isolate me because all the pressure was on me and people were still asking me to do all this stuff and I just wasn't letting myself do it. But it was only when I learned a bit more about boundaries and was able to kind of reframe what they mean. So boundaries aren't about stopping you from doing something. Boundaries are in place because they teach people how to treat you. And once I started looking at it like that, it got a lot different. So I could explain to people that there were certain things that I wasn't willing to do. And then if they've got a problem with that, that's on them. That's not my problem. I found that most people didn't really have a problem with that. And once I explained, well, they were happy to not ask me to do these things, but still involve me in other things. So it wasn't isolating and there was no pressure on me anymore to keep saying no 
everybody just knew where I stood and where they stood. And it was just a much easier situation. So, yeah, putting strong boundaries at place in the right way for the right reasons can really make Christmas much more easy to navigate, I suppose. And the other thing that really helps me at Christmas if I'm not doing very well is knowing that there's an end point, that it will pass. And one of the hardest things about struggling with mental health is because you don't know if you're having a bad day. You don't know if it's going to be a bad day or a bad week or a bad month or a bad six months. And even though the logical intellectual part of your brain knows that eventually you're going to come through it, there's the other part of your brain, the poorly part of your brain that thinks, what if I can't hang on that long? What if this does never end? But the one, I suppose, positive in a way about Christmas is, oh, it's definitely going to end. You know, there's a stop point. Eventually, you get out the other side and it's done. And it might not be the most useful advice, but sometimes just hang on and be kind to yourself and do what you need to do in a positive way to get through it. And once you're out the side, once you're out the other side, it's done. You're done for another year. And in a year's time, who knows where you'll be? Who knows what this new year is going to bring, right? This time next year, you could be looking forward to Christmas. You just can't tell. So it's just about getting through it. And that being said, no matter how you feel about Christmas, no matter where you are right now, um, I hope you're okay. And I hope this season passes in whatever way you need it to pass. And I wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. Thank you very much for listening. A big up to the proper mental podcast. A proper mental podcast. <laughs>